Welcome back to Mortuary Mayhem, a podcast by funeral service professionals for funeral service professionals, where any day above ground is a good one. Okay. <laughs> so just wanted to say thank you, uh, Dan, for inviting us and, and having us here. Uh, my name is Kim Zavrotny, and I am the U.S. Director for Funeral Professionals Peer Support. Um, I am a licensed funeral director in Maryland, and I've been involved in the funeral industry for um, probably about 30, 32, 33 years now. Um, and uh, full-time funeral director. Um, I got involved with um, peer support um, back in 2020 um, after all the lockdowns and everything. Um, a uh, former uh, classmate of mine from mortuary school was involved with it in Canada, uh, which is where it originated. Um, our founder, Michael Dixon, um, started the um, organization in Canada back 2017, 2018, around that time frame, and I had seen her. Um, I'd seen her name was Lisa, and I had seen her posting um, some information on Facebook about this group. And obviously, they had gone to Zoom at that point because we couldn't do anything else. So I decided to um, to log in and kind of see what it was all about. And um, you know, it's it's a, a great group um, to be you know to be able to get together with other funeral directors. It's anybody within the funeral profession. So we have cemeterians, we have um, you know apprentices, um, people involved with cremation, um, things like that. Um, so all over the spectrum, um, you know, as far as people that join in. Um, and, you know, as most of us know, you know, we really only know what we deal with on, on a day, day to day basis. Um, you know, and it's not really the kind of thing that you can come home and talk to your spouse unless maybe they might be involved in the business. But, you know, those of us that don't have spouses or significant others or, you know, family that are involved in the business, you know, they, they don't really understand what goes on kind of inside our, our heads and things. So, um, you know, it was, it was an interesting group to get involved in. And I really liked the, you know, just the, uh, the, the whole background behind it and, um, just being able to get together with other people, um, in the business is very helpful, you know, on a monthly basis and to make those connections. It's great. Excellent. And now this is a, uh, this group is Canada here, the United States, it's all one big group or are there like subgroups for the, uh, the, the meetings? So, um, there, there are separate groups. So we do have, um, Canada meets, um, like in the beginning of the month, the U S meetings are, um, the third Tuesday of the month, but, um, we actually have a group in Kenya. Um, they only meet, they meet, I think like once a quarter, um, and they've started a student group as well. Um, so, and even with the U.S. meetings, there are, we do have some regulars from Canada that will join us. Um, so it's really whatever fits your schedule and you're able to, you know, to join in. Um, we have people from, from all over. Um, the people that started the group in Kenya, they used to log in to our meetings in the U.S. And our meetings in the U.S. are at eight o'clock at night. So in Kenya, it was the middle of the night. It's like, I don't know what the time difference is, but I think it was like three or four o'clock in the morning oh, wow. over there and they would log on to our meetings. So 
you know, you know, there's a need, um, you know, all over the all over the world for this. If if they're logging in at at that time of night when you know us funeral directors like to get our sleep when we can. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, that's a, this is just absolutely incredible for the fact that, I mean, again, as I agree with you, it's like we work with something that others, one, don't want to hear, uh, two, something that we can't talk about because, the, you know, it's like, I remember the days I'd, you know, sit at the dinner table and, uh, you know, guess over and they're like, oh, did you hear about this or a car crash? Did you hear about this murder that occurred? Did you? And, you know, you're just sitting there just nodding. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I heard about it. And you're like, you're being very quiet. You know, like, this is not you to be quiet. And um, they're looking over. They're like, you embalmed them, didn't you? And I'm like, just shrugged. You know, I just shrugged it. I'm like, they're like, yeah, okay. But, you know, and I always tell my students that every day. I'm like, hey, this is a safe zone. You want to come in the classroom, leave some details out. That's awesome. You know, this is how we learn. You can say, hey, I had this crazy case. I said, mm-hmm. and you're going to learn from it. I said, but you can't go out there and just talk to some, you know, you can't talk to your family and friends because it's it's hard. So I think what you're doing is amazing to have that group that is that safe zone where we actually are the same. You're, you know, the same niche and can talk within the circle rather than. I'm sure I'm sure everyone's therapist really loves hearing and I'm sure they do talk about the to the therapist too but I'm yeah. sure they all love to you know listen to the the details that we uh that we think are normal. Absolutely. Yeah. You know and and over and above you know the the day-to-day emotion that we deal with with the families that we serve and and everything else um yeah. you know there's your usual workplace you know good, bad, and ugly that happens as well. Cause it's, it's a regular workplace as well. So you've got, you know, you've got personalities and egos and all that kind of stuff to deal with as well, you know, management issues and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So there's, you know, there's all kinds of, of stuff that goes into our workplace. And mm-hmm. you know, then you have your outside emotional baggage that you bring in that, you know, everybody always says, you know, you got to leave that at the door and you know sometimes you know you may have you may have had your own death you know a week or two beforehand and you know now you have to come and deal with other families that are dealing with with death but you're still trying to deal with your own grief and Mm -hmm. you know so a lot of times that gets pushed to the back burner and sometimes it you know it doesn't get dealt with and you know that's not good either as we all know (laughs) well yeah no that's and that's the you know, that's the thing too, is yeah, we're, we're dealing with other people's problems, but we can't address our own because you have to, you know, uh, do that. And I think, you know, if you watched uh, Six Feet Under, I just, actually all these years, I, I kind of didn't watch it. <laughs> it's like, I, I'm not going to watch something. I, I, live it. I do this. <laughs> you never watched it. Yeah. I was like, I, I've, I've lived this. I, you know, I have the DVDs in my office and the other office over here. And I'm like, I've lived this. Why do I, I'm, I'm just going to hate it. I'm going to, I'm going to hate every minute of it because, uh, you know, I'm going to find everything wrong with it. And all of a sudden I'm like, you know, it was on Netflix. I, you know, whatever I watched, it was actually like, wow, it's incredible. But in that show, same thing, he shows that all of a sudden they're, it's all about a lot of deaths in their family. And, you know, now the funeral directors have to deal with those deaths while facing everybody else's. And I'm like, well, that's actually a good example of Mm -hmm. what we, what we do. And as you're saying with the, the, I mean, the workplace personalities are incredible in this industry, (laughs) you know, some of the things we deal with, but you know, and that's the thing too. I mean, again, we, we have, you can't you can't walk in to the workplace because you're not going to have a job if you address it. Some things in the workplace, so to be able to clear their head and have somebody say, "Yeah, I went through the same thing," mm-hmm. either you know 
this is how I addressed it and I kept my job um, yeah. while addressing it, I think is is a huge, you know, that's a huge value. But yeah, we do. We definitely do deal with stuff that nobody else, I think, can understand. You know, that's the thing is yeah. to, you know, that's this is an incredible thing. So this is so now the person facilitating um, the United States, is that from Canada? Is that what I saw in the? On the well, stuff or is that yeah, both? both yeah. So, I mean, I do, um, I have facilitated some meetings. Um, our mm -hmm. health and wellness director, her name's that's Lisa Smith, the one that I went to mortuary school with. Um, mm -hmm. and then we have assistants from Cana, um, who they run kind of the you know the zoom in and the technical side of things for mm -hmm. us, and they help us out as far as um, getting the word out there, some of the marketing and and you know getting getting the information out there about the monthly meetings and things. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, kind of a collaboration all the way around, you know, between nice, nice. The, you know the Canadian um, group and and us and everything. So it's um, it's been a it's it's just been really good. I've enjoyed it so. Yeah. And we'll definitely, I mean, we'll put, uh, for those that are looking to, we'll put on the mortuarymayhem.com website, we'll put, you know, this information so that it can help direct people to you and help you as well. Mm -hmm. uh, how how big are these groups? Uh, you know, when someone tunes in, or is, is this like a small group or is this like a lot of people that, that are tuned in all at once that, that they're going to encounter? I mean, usually it varies, but um, typical meetings are you know, between 15, I'd say 15 to 25 people. So it is a small, you know, it's a small group. Sometimes we have 30 to, you know, 30 to 40, but depending on the topic, but um, usually it's mid twenties is usually where we are. Um, so it's, you know, we consider it a safe zone. So, you know, if there's anything that you need to talk about, obviously we, we have a talk topic that we start out with every month, you know, kind of to focus in on, on, you know, different, um, things that happen, you know, within the, in it, within the industry, um, you know, within the workplace or just within, like I said, like management and things like that. So we always have a topic that we start out with every month. Um, but then, you know, it depends on kind of where the conversation goes. And, um, you know, if people are looking for some guidance, again, we're, you know, for peers and by peers, we don't, you know, put ourselves out there as any kind of therapist or anything like that. But as most of us know, you know, sometimes a, a friend can be, you know, what you need at that point and, and to be able to talk to somebody about what is happening in the workplace and, and get their, you know, someone else's advice who may have been in that situation, you know, just to give some different viewpoints on, on what to do and, you know, which kind of path to take during, given the situation you're in. Um, you know, and you can, it's up to you if you want to have your camera on, if you want to have your mic on, whichever is fine with you. You know, we do monitor the chat. Um, so if you don't want to necessarily talk, but want to put something in the chat, we'll bring it up um, and, and voice that opinion and, and get some input on it. Um, so it's, you know, there's, there's a lot that goes on, all different people. Um, from within and, and outside of the industry, we've had come and, and talk about, about different things, you know, what, you know, what, what things keep you up at night, you know, um, from the, you know, within the workplace, you know, what kind of things keep you up, you know, is it the legal kind of things? Is it the ethical kind of things? Um, you know, that, all that type of stuff we've had, um, 
you know, a woman come in, she talked about, you know, distrust in the workplace and, you know, how do you deal with that and what are different ways to, you know, to alleviate that, um, you know, Obviously, prior to, to his passing, we had Todd Van Beck on, um, mm -hmm. and he's always, you know, if I'm sure you've heard him, and he's always full of stories. I've met him. I know Tom, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, he's a very uh, dynamic. He was a, yeah, he's a legend. Yes, <laughs> so, he yeah. is. He is. Yes, I, a, I, I did. I do, Todd, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it varies. Um, and we have some Canadian speakers, some U.S. speakers, um, you know, so it's very, it's very interesting as far as the different topics and the people that we have come and, and talk and help, help us uh, facilitate the meetings. So, um, yeah, so if anybody ever has a topic that they want to want to talk about, you know, throw it to one of us. We're always open to suggestions and and things like that, because, you know, when you've been doing this for a few years, you you know, sometimes you get to a point where, like, you know, you start rewinding things and, and doing them over again. But we're always open to new topics and, and things like that. So I know we are supposed to be doing a, a webinar in March. Um, I think it's a, a two-part webinar, and um, it's, I believe there's information on our website. Um, but it's about um, you know today's world and and you know the use of pronouns and how we deal with that and and everything and you know in in our industry and and things like that. Because you know I'm I'm of an older generation and I don't always understand these kinds of things. So mm -hmm. any education I can get because the people we're dealing with, you know, that are coming in when their parents pass or, or grandparents, you know, those, that's the generation we're going to be dealing with. And those are the folks, you know, we want to be courteous. We want to be aware. Mm -hmm. We want to, you know, treat them like you and I want to be treated in, in mm -hmm. everyday life. And, you know, if we're not educated on those items, how do we, how do we do that? You know, so education is the key to anything and you can never stop learning. So. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. <laughs> and we just had our last, our last episode actually was exactly about that, about pronouns and, uh, you know, it's titled the transition, transitioning funeral service is what we called it. Uh, mm -hmm. I think a little creative on the title, but I mean, that's great that it's a small group because I know I, that's the thing too, is I would worry like, oh my goodness, I'm going to turn into this large group. You know, I don't know who's listening, but also like, am I going to get my voice heard, you know, in this? But as you said with the chat, I, I know I'm always that way too. I'm like, I'm not one that's shy to speak up, mm -hmm. but like, but I know it's like, if I have a hot to and hot topics, you know, this is what you're dealing with, you know, and all of a sudden it's like, there's something burning. Like there's something I want to say because I want to contribute, but I also need my voice heard for something. And then it's all of a sudden like someone else jumps in and takes that conversation to like, Oh, like they spoke and then the conversation changed. And I'm like, all right, you know, I wanted to say it, but it's not really the moment. Cause we changed <clears> just <throat> to have, I I've always been like that. I'm like, Ooh, I love like in a big group. That was always the problem, but I love this whole like remote. I mean, it has its issues too, but I love this remote environment in meetings mm -hmm. and gatherings simply because I can do that. I'm like, Oh, I had something, you know what? And I'm typing <laughs> away because I'm putting in the chat because now I'm like, Hey, someone's got to go back to this. Someone, someone's going to say like, Hey, hold on. We have questions on the chat, you know, but even if they didn't, the other listeners, uh, the other attendees are going to at least acknowledge or they're going to see when I'm like, yes, I was heard, you know, someone yes. heard what I had to say, you know? So I do, I do like that nowadays. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. You know, it's yeah. whatever, you know, we can do to, to help those folks. And, you know, I do like the small, you know, the small number of people as well. Cause I think, you know, if it does get too big again, you know, you're just kind of, you know, one off in the corner, 
you know, rather than feeling like you're, you're an actual participant, you know, in, in the meeting. So, um, so I, I enjoy that too. And it gives you the ability really to, to get to know, you know, some of the other people, you know, if they want to, you know, be, you know, involved in that way. So, Mm -hmm. and it's been nice because there've been some people that, you know, we've, we've had in the meetings. And then when we, when we're um, involved in some of the, um, this past year involved in some of the state conventions and things, Mm -hmm. you know, you actually, you see them and it's like, oh, you know, you know, I remember, and you can put, you know, you put it all together to see somebody face to face as opposed to, you know, over the computer. So it's it's nice. Yeah. That's absolutely. And you said like, there's a big group of such a broad demographic of people tuning in. I mean, which is, I could see the value in the fact that like, Hey, you know, I'm a student or I'm a, you know, I've been practicing for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Um, you know, probably one of the few industries that has people practicing that long, but Mm -hmm. they had, you know, you have this and I could see that value of like, all right, the student getting that justification of like, wow, I'm not alone. The guy that's been practicing for 30 years just said something that I feel, I feel too. I'm not feeling this because I'm a student. I don't feel like this because I'm the rookie. Mm-hmm. Someone else maybe felt the same thing, but also, as you said, we were talking about pronouns and all that. You know, I could see that older demographic hearing something from the new generation that says, oh, I didn't hear that way. I didn't know that, um, yeah. you know, and hear it. So that's yeah. definitely value. So, I mean, and so much, you know, the, you know, my kind of my generation and older, you know, they were all, Mm. you know, it was always like, you know, you know, you have to be, you know, stoic and you have to be, you know, you Mm -hmm. can't show any emotions in front of the families. You can't, you know, you can't let that happen. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the younger generations are very much getting away from that. They're very much aware of, you know, emotion is, is a lot, you know, having, it, it shows, it just shows so much. And to be able to, you know, express that with a family and, you know, a lot of times, you know, so much you get, oh, you just get used to this. Oh, this doesn't bother you anymore. And, you know, I try and explain to people, it's like, no, if some of this stuff doesn't bother me anymore, then I need to turn around and walk out the door because right. I'm not serving you like you need to be, you mm-hmm. know, you need to be taken care of. And um, so to be able to, you know, to express that to a family and to be able to, you know, possibly, you know, shed a, mm. shed a tear and get choked up over certain situations. I think, I think I, I've had very good responses from families when, you know, when you do show emotion, as long as it's true and mm. it's, it's real, right. obviously, but, um, you know, to know that, you know, you're there with them and you are sharing in the emotion. Um, mm-hmm. it has meant a lot to some people and the, again, as the, as the generations come in, the younger generations are so more, so much more open about mental health and mental well-being, and you know the you know the importance of taking care of yourself um, rather than just keep on shoving it down and you know mm-hmm. packing it down inside and not letting letting anything come up you know to the surface. And I think that that's a definite plus um, you know in our industry in in. The, you know, the, even the past 10 years to be able to, uh, to start letting that come out. And even the, you know, even us older people are getting, getting involved in it and understanding it. And obviously the, the younger folks, they're the ones that are coming up and we have to, you know, 
the older folks bent the rules for not bent the rules, but adjusted their, you know, their mind thoughts for, for us. And we need to continue that, you know, for them, mm -hmm. if we want to continue, you know, with this industry and, and make people understand it. So, you know, you do have to take care of yourself before, you know, you're in a good position to, to take care of the families that come through our doors. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and the, the retention rate of this industry is, I think it's the uh, five years is the max that we've seen most students last. And I know why I was, you know, I was part of the research committee that did their research group that did that, but, uh, the you know to to be able to fix some of those issues hopefully we can retain some of these people if we can get them the help that they need <clears> to support that uh but also with the one thing with that is that older demographic that was so stoic uh you know and didn't show emotion a lot of that demographic did come from families we i mean i'm looking down the hallway outside my office here and it's just you look and you're like oh yeah that was you know that was the such and such a family and you know the big name you know the funeral yeah. home signs and it's like oh yeah that was the family that was great grandpa and you can follow the lineage through all the black and white photos on my wall now i'm sitting in a classroom of one i'm not looking in a classroom of males anymore i got a few and i have a demographic of females in my classroom uh i have students that don't fit the how do i politely say this um <laughs> no but how do i you know you, they don't fit the 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 picture, they don't fit that picture that you saw on the wall. They're excellent. And these are amazing students and I would hire them in a heartbeat. Uh, but they don't fit that picture. And that sits in the wall because we've changed. This whole industry right. has changed. But the other thing too is that they're not part of families. They have families of their own. They're not coming home to a family that's like, oh yeah, we were raised. This is the lifestyle we live. This is the vocation we created. Mm -hmm. They're coming. They're coming home to a family that's like, oh yeah, um, I do the overnight. You take care of the kids at night, and I take care of the kids during the day. Uh, and now it's like, oh yeah, I just went into this second career. I'm in my late twenties, early thirties. I'm going the second career. I got kids. Who's going to take care of them? Yep. Who's going to watch them? It's like, hey, I got an overnight removal. Well, I can't leave the kids. What, what do I do? And I think for employers to understand that, that, you know, we're not the same industry that we were, yeah. we have different people and that's not a bad thing. It's just that we may have people that, uh, that, that normal job, and I'll call it that, that normal job structure, uh, catered more to mm -hmm. where they had that and we're not normal, but they would be excellent. These are the best embalmers coming out of the program. These are the best funeral directors coming out of the program. But all the extra stuff that we're used to as an industry doesn't fit. <laughs> it doesn't fit. Yeah. <laughs> and we yeah. need to change as an industry because it doesn't fit. Um, you know, so it's like, all right, how do we how do we work? But at the same time, I can see that we do have a lot of them getting frustrated saying like, hey, I need this. But my employer not understanding. My colleagues don't understand, you know, and, um, you know, that's tough. Yeah. That's very tough for on, on them. And, you know, that's that's not going to help us retain uh retain student uh you know practitioners yeah. in the industry yeah the you know the the change in the you know the dynamic and of the you know of the industry like you said you know i'm right now i work at, it's a family-owned funeral home it's been it's over you know 1808 is when it was founded so you know 215 18 mm -hmm. years whatever it is now um 
you know, still family owned, still same family. Um, and like you said, those, you know, those pictures on the wall, um, you know, are not, you know, where we are today. Um, and I laugh sometimes because I remember the, the funeral home where I did my apprenticeship, um, you know, back in the early nineties, the one, one director, he had a, a tail, you know, back, you know, in his, with his hair, it was, he was a man, he had the tail. He used to have to tape it underneath his collar, you know, to keep oh, it wow. inside his dress shirt. So it didn't come out while he was working because that just was not, you know, th that was a no-go, you know, either that or you had to cut it off. <laughs> and now, you know, the, I mean, it is, you know, what we just, you know, life in general, you know, that, you know, everybody's coming in with, you know, you have tattoos mm -hmm. and you have nose rings and, you know, piercings mm -hmm. and all kinds of stuff. And mm -hmm. it's, it's the norm nowadays. And, you know, everybody said, well, what are the older people going to think? And what, you know, when they're coming in and it's like, you know, you have to adjust and this is, you know, you know, we do have to look, you have to look beyond that. You know, just because the outside has this on it doesn't mean that, you know, their heart's not in it and they're, you know, they're, they're, it's not their passion, you know, it, it's their passion and that's why they're here, hopefully, you know, you have to look and see the people for really who they are. And I think that's been, that's been a tough part for a lot of, um, a lot of funeral homes. You know, I think they've probably done away, you know, not not interviewed or not offered a job to people because, and it's sad, it really is, you know, yep. um, but you know, yeah, we have to, or else, you know, we're not going to have the people to work with us. And so yep. we need it, you know, we need that. So. Yep. No, absolutely. And I mean, I have a beard, um, that I, well, that was a no go for a long time. That was, it was when I got hired. It wasn't. So, you know, I had, I had the beard and, you know, I've had a, I've had facial hair since I've had a combination between just the front or I've had the full sides, full beard since I was a junior in high school. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that was, I went to a Catholic high school. There was a no go there either, but somehow they just, they just looked at me, they shook their head and they're like, you know what? <laughs> Not argument, but, but I did, I grew, I started growing my beard at that time and nobody, absolutely nobody knows what I look like without facial hair. So all of a sudden it's like, I went to a school with the beard and, all of a sudden it's like, all right, I have a job. I'm, I'm going to go for the interview. And, um, uh, when I went, I shaved, I actually shaved the beard off for the interview. And I went through my job like that. I, I kind of trimmed off the front. So I had that, you know, goatee thing going on, but you know, I kept it maintained and I said, this is, this is who I'll be from now on. So I went through, um, and then when I went to, you know, once I was established, once I had more value, um, mm -hmm. I know people always say that, you know, value versus appearance. I had the value. I mean, it's not like, I know a lot of people say value versus appearance. Oh, I got all this value. And all of a sudden it's piercings and tattoos and things like that. I grew a beard. I literally just grew a beard back. I don't see that as unprofessional. <laughs> my, 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 my rebellion was to grow the size back on my beard, but, um, uh, but it was crazy. I mean, how, how, how that was a no-go, a beard mm -hmm. and stuff. But I looked and they said, well, you know, when I was at the job long enough and they looked and they're like, you know, you're not supposed to have facial hair of the director I was working with. And I looked and I said, the owner, the owner of this funeral home has a beard. 
And I said, and if you look in the in the big portrait from like 1890, whatever it was, I said, the founder of this funeral home has a beard. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, and it's a painting. That's how old the thing was. It was not a portrait. It was a painting mm-hmm. on the wall. And I said, I said, he, uh, I said, he has a beard. And so I was like, oh, you know, we, we can't have beards around here. So I, um, so finally I was talking to the owner, he goes down to Florida. Uh, he was come, he would come back for the, for the summer. So I was talking to him and he's, he goes, oh, I told, I said, oh, you know, I said, like your beard. I said, I, I kind of commented to the, you know, the owner, cause his son was the one that run that ran the place. So he, I mentioned to the owner, I said, you know, about the beard. He goes, oh yeah. He goes, he goes, I told my mother, he goes, my, because the generation between him and that picture, that uh, painting, uh, was also without a beard and also strictly against it. And he goes, my mother told me one day, he says that I had to shave my beard off. He says, I brought her down to the painting in the hallway <laughs> and pointed and said, my great grandfather, you know, my grandfather yeah. had a beard and I'm going to have a beard, you know, all that. And I laughed. I said, you know what? I said, I told your son the same thing. <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said, I pointed at your grandfather in the hallway and I, and I told your son the same thing. I said, but the founder of this place has a beard. I said, your father has a beard. I want a beard. <laughs> I, said, I said, this is what I look better with a beard. I said, Poor families I serve don't want to see me without a beard. But the, um, but it was kind of funny. So, I mean, but again, we're not talking about tattoos. We're not talking about piercings. We're not talking about some like horn coming out of my head here. No. We're talking a beard, but it was, um, but yeah, it was the same thing. As I always say, the demographic we're serving is not the person that's that's not the eighty year old in the casket that was very conservative. We're we're serving the children, the grandchildren of that individual that also have piercings and tattoos and whatnot. Yeah. And when they and I always tell my students, I said, you know, don't fret over this. I said, cover them up, get the job, and when you have value, I said you're talking to families and they're like, and you're like, Hey, that's a really cool tattoo on your arm. And they're like, Oh yeah, that's really cool. And you're like, Hey, hold on. Let me rolled up my dress sleeves and I'll show you. I have tattoos as well. Right. Um, I said, you're making a connection. I said over something that, you know, the, the older generations don't appreciate, but I said, the families you serve well, they, you know, they don't see a problem in that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and the same thing with, I was, I, you know, I have a lot of, you know, get a lot of students that are, I would say that for them to get a job is going to be very hard uh, simply because they don't meet the funeral director personality. Mm-hmm. And what I mean like that is funeral directors tend to be the ones that own the funeral home, right? It's that personality of people that like to deal with people. They're outgoing, mm-hmm. you know, that salesman type of, you know, you have to be personable. And I said, I told them, I said, I have these most amazing embalmers coming out of this program. And I'm looking and I said, they're excellent. They're amazing people. Mm-hmm. but they're socially inept. They don't have, they want, they don't want to deal with people. They want to live in the basement. They want to involve, they don't want, they just want to go in the back door. I'll park my car in the garage. I'll go in, I'll come out. Nobody even see me in the parking lot. And that's what they're saying. And they're mm-hmm. like, I just want to involve, but I don't want to deal with people. And what I find too, is when we're dealing with that, there's when they go to get hired, who are they sitting across the table from? They're sitting across from a, they're not sitting across from an embalmer. They're sitting across from a, a funeral director. The person mm-hmm. that owns the place is usually the funeral director. Right. And when they sit across from them, they're looking for someone that emanates them. Someone that has the same personality as them. 
So basically, as I said, I said, it's kind of sad. We're hiring funeral directors to be embalmers. We're not hiring embalmers to be embalmers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's what it is. You know, we're not hi- we're hiring you for a personality that doesn't attribute to the prep room. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so I can see that. Yeah, there's a lot. I think it's just the whole industry. There's a, you know, I can see there's a lot of frustration, you know, with students that, you know, they could use this help to say yeah. like, hey, I need help here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> listen to me. I could see yeah. that. And that's why we're there. You know, everybody, yeah. everybody needs, you know, every once in a while needs, a, you know, someone to, yeah. you know, just ask questions or, you know, or voice an opinion or see, you know, mm-hmm. how do I deal with this? You know, I'm, I'm in a situation and what can I do? Um, and that's why we're there. Um, you know, Michael, our, our founder, he, you know, he wants he wants to have the ability to have, you know, whoever needs somebody to talk to, you know, there needs to be somebody there at the other end of the phone. Um, we have a, you know, we have, we call it a warm line um, that is, you know, man 24 seven. So, you know, so people can call and, and talk to someone. Um, and again, we have the meetings. Uh, we have, we actually have a program that um, individuals can purchase for themselves or um, employers can purchase it for their employees and the employee's family. It's called a member access program, um, an MAP. It's kind of like an e, people sometimes know them as EAPs, um, but it includes, that includes, a, um, again, a hotline for um, the members, you know, the individuals the and their families, and it is manned 24-7 by a licensed therapist um, and mental health professional um, to be able to have access to that um, just for the monthly fee. There's no, you know, there's no time like, you know, charge every time you call it or anything like that. And, and it's not just for, you know, mental health. There's also, you know, they can help. There's different parts of it where they can help you, you know, with financials or, you know, limited legal advice and things like that. It includes, um, you know, our um, three of our webinars a year, um, and things like that. So this this MAP program is um, it's great. And again, you can purchase it individually, or an employer can can purchase it for their employees. And um, it's it's very reasonable as far as cost is concerned. It's a lot, you know, it's a lot less than even one visit to a therapist for a whole year. So the the cost is very minimal and. And just to be able to have that along with, you know, the meetings are free. Nobody has to pay to, to join in on, on the meetings every month. Um, those are totally free. Um, so they're, you know, they can come and join us and um, they can come and go as, you know, if they join in and say, yeah, this isn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. You can leave, you know, that's fine. Um, but, but we're there and we want to be there to help other people in our profession because we got to do what we can to retain our, you know, retain these people. They're good people. And we want to, you know, we want to retain them and keep them in the industry, um, you know, to, to be able to serve families, you know, now and in the future. Um, cause it's, it's getting harder and harder. <laughs> It is. No, it's definitely, it's getting harder and harder. And I know I've talked to a lot of people about mental health because I've watched a lot of resources go to other fields, other industries, other this, and they're like, oh, we're going to provide this. We're going to provide that. And I, you know, I'm not, I'm not typically one of these uh, that says like, hey, what about us? You know, I'm not. But in this case, I kind of, sometimes I've spoken up or like a lot of times I've gone to trainings, you know, suicide prevention training, suicide, you know, different Mm -hmm. things. 
and they've run through me through to be a trainer in them and all that, which is awesome. I love that kind of stuff. But to to in the middle of the training, and they ask, and they they ask a, you know the prompt questions and things like that. And I think they worry about me when I talk. But I said, no, <laughs> my people. These are my people. My people are doing this. How do I bring these resources to my people? And they're like, huh? And they're, I think they're looking at me like they're looking down the check sheet, you know, of like, all right, who, who said that they were, you know, having issues. And but it was but I'm like, my people need this. How do I get this resource? How do I bring it? Because uh, they're they're seeing things. They're dealing with things that the other people, these other industries they deal with, but they don't. Uh, but we don't get the credit for that. Therefore, we're not getting the help for that. And they're like, we didn't know. We had not a clue because we didn't think about you. We thought you were pushing caskets. We didn't see, we didn't see the workplace issues that you're facing. We didn't see the fact that you're picking up grandma that's halfway down a staircase, you know, in the middle of the night, and missing your own holidays to do it. Mm-hmm. And, the, and they said we never saw that. We just saw the people that when we go there are stoic, that push caskets, and we never saw an issue. And I said, we have issues. We need help. Now mm-hmm. get me the resources. Yeah. And, you know, I'd always tell, somebody told me a very long time ago, and I kind of have always stuck to this analogy or this picture, was, uh, you know, I said, everything we deal with, everything in life, and, and I think it very applies to us very, very well. But, you know, everything we see, everything we do, we put in a photo album mentally a mental real like mm-hmm. a mental photo album. and that photo album just gets filled and filled and filled and we have this bad habit i know our industry has this bad habit where we're like i do this i'm desensitized i can handle this and you know this is what i do and especially when they're entering the industry they're so excited to be part of this new industry and like oh you should see what i've seen and you know we deal with things that people don't deal with yeah and I warned them. I said, I see you hit, hitting that point because that's, that photo album is staying open, that you didn't close it. You need to, at some point, I said, you need to find help. You need to get the help, whether it be, you know, peer support or whether it be, you know, meeting with someone or just go for a hike, go do something, hike, ski, do something. I said, but close that album, close the photo album. I said, because if you get to a certain point, and all of a sudden you need help and then you go to close that album you realize that the photo album doesn't close and that the binding is so stretched out <laughs> i said if you just take that time every so often just close that album and you're like ooh the binding in that photo album is getting a little tight i think i need to stretch the strings i'm thinking of these old photo albums right yeah. but you know i need to stretch the strings a little bit so that i can fit more pictures in there i need to fit more things in there um and they're like, oh, no, I can handle this. I can do with this. You know, this is what we do. I can, yeah. you know, and, you know, they're trying to be stoic. They don't, I don't think, I think especially people don't want to show weakness. They don't want to be, you know, especially when they're new, they don't want to show weakness to their boss. They want to say, I can do this. Yeah. Um, I don't think they realize their boss is going home maybe and crying at night or dealing with the same stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're, but they're stoic, you know, mm-hmm. so I think that's, yeah. you know. You know, the one the one story I I usually I put out there is that um, I guess it was probably eight or so years ago, I forget now, but um, 
locally here, we had, this is the, the benefit of having an employer and management that understands the importance of mental health and well-being of their employees. Um, we had a situation here in our county where the first time in 110 years, um, we had lost two deputies um, in the same incident. Um, and both of them had been shot in the line of duty. And we handled both of the funerals. Um, and it was, they were back to back, you know, the, the two of them. Um, so, you know, it was, you know, a week of just dealing with, you know, all of the emotion in the whole county, cause it really affected the whole county and the whole area. Um, and, you know, so many directors involved with all the logistical sides of making sure that, you know, everything was where it needed to be and, you know, dealing with the, you know, the sheriff's office and all the, you know, the funerals and everybody that's coming in and everything that goes, if anybody has dealt with, you know, a, a funeral of that, you know, caliber, you understand everything that goes behind it. Um, but, you know, you have a week of dealing with all this stuff and you don't, you know, you never, you never deal with really what's in front of you. And, you know, we have, we had all of this back to back and the week after every week at, at you know, um, with us, we have a weekly meeting with all of the staff. And um, so the um, after everything was all over, um, we had done a lot of, uh, for both of the funerals, we had the dash cam in our, um, and we had a gentleman that was videotaping everything and he had put everything all together um, for us and for the families. And after a meeting, we all sat and um, we all watched the video all together. And there were, you know, 10 funeral directors and our office staff in the office and we're just passing around the, you know, the tissue box because that was our time to finally sit and kind of take it all in and understand, you know, what we had all been through and to let our guards down and be able to be with each other and to, to you know, experience that emotion together. Um, and that was our time to be able to to do that. What the county had been doing, you know, for a week with with these two deputies, you know, the staff had never been hadn't been able to to join in with that with the the rest of the community. And that was our time to be able to sit and and let it out and you know and do that. We, everybody was silent the whole time, but you know there were tears and you know a lot of deep breaths and everything else. But to have um, an employer that understands the importance of the mental health of, of his own employees is mm -hmm. it's immeasurable. And, you know, I, I feel very comfortable with him. You know, if there was ever an issue to be able to go to him and just, you know, basically say, you know, timeout, I need a timeout. You know, I can't do this. I need to step back for a minute. And he would be mm -hmm. very much open to that. Um, and unfortunately, I know a lot of people don't have that, you know, where they work. And um, but it is it is very important to even if you never need it, just to have that knowledge and that, you know, that level of comfort within your organization to know that that's there if you if you ever do need it. And that's, no, that's what, incredible. That's what we try and to do for the, you know, the, the folks that, that need us and, and want that peer support. We want to be there and kind of be that person for them if they need it. 
or when, you know, if, and when they need it. No, that's, that's absolutely incredible. And yeah, it's the same thing as when something like that happens, all of a sudden the school system, the workplaces, all of a sudden, you know, they're loading up therapists, but then it's like, Hey, Hey, you know, we're dealing with it too. Like, but you're not, as you're saying, you're not allowed to, it's like, you know, you're the one, you're the one that has to do the job. You have to get that job done. And it's like, all right, we can't grieve right now because we need to help everybody else grieve. But, and I know we pride ourselves in how busy we are some days, but you know, yeah, I like that. That's, I mean, that, that that's a rare commodity to have a, you know, workplace that's able to re- recognize that and not, yeah. it's important. It's so important to say, okay, just let's take a moment right now. Let's not move on. Let's not move on to the next service. Just, we can pause, mm-hmm. <laughs> just pause. And yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's so important. And, you know, I'm glad that you guys got that. That's a, you know, huge, huge yeah. uh, benefit. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. The, um, yeah, I think a lot of people don't get to, you know, recognize that, but <clears throat> the other thing too, I think people do see us too, as far as I said, with resources, you know, when it comes to it, it's like, oh no, they know how to deal with grief. That's what they do for a living. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean we know how to deal with grief? We know how to help you. We don't know how to help ourselves. <laughs> we, we're yep. really bad at helping ourselves. <laughs> we're just keep helping you. <laughs> Who's going to help me? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, so. No, I'm just desensitized and I'm crazy, but that's okay. <laughs> and I'm only going to get crazier if you don't help me. <laughs> so, yeah, no. but we, we, all, we all make sure we don't hit our breaking points. Yeah. 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 So we're, we're here and we're here for whoever may need us. And, you know, you can always, um, our website, um, it's funerals with an S peer support.com. Um, there's a lot of information there. Um, we have all of our social media, so Facebook and Instagram, Funeral Peer Support. Um, you know, check us out. We always have our updates there. We have a, uh, we have a podcast as well. Um, it's called Stronger Together. Um, it's with Michael Dixon, our founder, and um, Ann Jekyll. Um, so you can find that. You know, we usually put out there on our Facebook and Instagram when we drop new episodes with that. Um, so, you know, keep us, keep us in your line of sight. And cause you never know when you might need, you might need some, some help yourself and um, you know, where to turn and we're here, we're here to help and to do whatever we can for whoever might need it. So. Absolutely. And we'll, we're going to put, we'll put the link up again, as I said, to the mortuarymayhem.com website so that everybody uh, that's looking for your services can, can find that easily. Um, That'd we'll be great. That there. Yeah, we'll keep it up there for a long, very long time. Um, make sure that they get that. Uh, so we'll be on the main page uh, for the foreseeable future, and then we'll also have it on that resource page uh, indefinitely, uh, so that people can always always find you no matter when they listen. Thank uh, you but so it's, much. Absolutely, been a pleasure having you on here, uh, and hopefully we'll have you back. I'm here whenever you might want to talk. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yep. For listening to this episode of Mortuary Mayhem. For links to information discussed during this episode, please visit the website at www.mortuarymayhem.com. 
Do you have questions, comments, suggestions for topics, or want to be a guest on the show? Email us at podcast at mortuarymayhem.com. We should do this again sometime. <laughs>